Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Red Apple Podcast presents American Lives Matter. America. Now, here's Bernard McGurk. And I am Bernard McGurk from the Bernie and Sid Show in the morning on 77 WABC. And this is the... And this is the seventh version of American Lives Matter, my podcast. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in. I am joined today. I'm honored to have the eminently likable, the indefatigable host of uh, Fox News, Fox and Friends in the morning, actually, and also on 77 WABC from 10 to 12, Brian, the Brian Kilmeade Show. Brian Kilmeade, the eponymously named radio show, the Brian Kilmeade Show. Hey, Brian, it's nice to have you. I, you know, it's always an honor following you. This time I get a chance to talk to you, Bernie, so I'm thrilled. Well, I am I am actually very thrilled myself. Listen, uh, I said you're eminently likable, but you're an, an indefatigable. I mean, between the radio, books, and the TV and all that stuff, all you need is a movie, and you would be the king of all media. Yes, I don't have any acting ability, but I would love to make one of these books a movie because I think it's a pro-American story that actually factual based on our past. And I had no idea when I started going into these history books that it would be so newsworthy. I thought it would be just the opposite. How do I convince news people, outside podcasters, with, with you're focusing on, to, that this is newsworthy? But if you look at Condoleezza Rice's comments on The View last week and the, some outrage that it, that it uh, engendered, I said to myself, man, that's exactly Frederick Douglass's story. That's exactly what Lincoln was dealing with. And... Uh, it makes it easier to sell books, but it's somewhat depressing that in this country we're still going through this. Yeah, it is. And uh, what she said was so refreshing. And she left the, the, the rest of the table speechless, talking about how we don't have to hate each other to uplift each other, et cetera, et cetera. The book is called, and it's really good, folks, let me tell you, by Brian Kilmeade. It's called The President and the Freedom Fighter. And it's Abraham Lincoln, Frederick Douglass, and their battle to save America's soul. And it is terrific. It's a fantastic book. Uh, I didn't know a lot about uh, Frederick Douglass before I started reading your book. And uh, Abraham Lincoln's upbringing, to to be quite frank. But Frederick Douglass was a uh, former slave who uh, escaped, essentially. He was down in, uh, I believe, Maryland, Brian, right? Uh, And he escaped to the north and uh, eventually became a freed man, as they called him back then. It's just an amazing story. Number one, people listening right now, I know some people are in uh, tough circumstances. I understand that uh, whether it's your family that gives you a challenge or it's financially that gives you some hurdles. If you just look at these two men in our past, nobody could pick two unlikely, uh, great, infamous people uh, from the more abject circumstances in Abraham Lincoln. And certainly worse than that is Frederick Douglass. So what I thought I would want to do is you can't, I can't put anything new about Lincoln. He's the most written about, uh, talked about president in our past. And Frederick Douglass, David Blight just put together an incredible book, that book of the year two years ago, about the life of Frederick Douglass. It's fantastic, and I think Barack Obama bought the rights, going to do it in a movie. But I thought, how do they interact together to bring America forward? Maybe that's a story. And, and the more I looked at it, it took me about eight months, the more I realized that this is the story. 
that if you love if you love both men when you're done and want to know more, those bios are out there. I don't have 20 years uh, to go and, and reclaim Lincoln's past and bring him back to life. There's some great people to do that. But what have I told you? This young boy would never know his parents, uh, would grow up uh, in slavery, never knew a bed, never even slept on straw, right. didn't even have clothes, only a gown until he was eight years old. He would have a thirst for knowledge and education, and he would find a way to learn to read and write. And then he realized there's no difference in the color of my skin and the color of somebody else's skin that should separate us from equality. And then he escapes to freedom after failing once and within seven years has a best-selling biography and becomes a world-renowned lecturer. That's Frederick Douglass. Yeah. And then you have on the other side, you got Lincoln. This guy was born with two illiterate parents in the Midwest, hardly settled, uh, who worked maybe uh, 18 hours a day most of his semi-adult life, um, who had two illiterate uh, in abject, uh, abject poverty. And he would find a way to become a lawyer, a congressman, and maybe our greatest president ever. Now, as you say, uh, what, what Condoleezza Rice said, you can work if you work hard. That's it. The bottom line, wake up in the morning, work hard. It's a great country. And this whole thing about, about it's a timely book in that we're trying to erase history. Uh, you're keeping it alive. Uh, Frederick Douglass, it, it's amazing to me that there hasn't been a movie made about this man in the past. Up until now, you say there's going to be one made. But, I mean, he was so articulate, people began to doubt that he was actually a former slave at one point. And his relationship with a man named, uh, and by the way, th- that people don't know this name as well, uh, John Brown, the, the, the guy who uh, led the attack yeah. on uh, to Harper's uh, uh, Ferry, I believe it was, Harper's Ferry in uh, West, what is now West Virginia, his relationship with Frederick Douglass, that people don't know about this stuff, to me is mind-boggling. This is the stuff of movies. Absolutely. And, and they did do a, I just saw in the middle of our pandemic, someone rolled out a John Brown movie. Just know this. This guy had about a dozen kids, but he was when he was experiencing and witnessing slavery, he had a lot of a little black friends, and he saw the way they were treated, and he said, this has got to stop. He spent his whole life as maybe one of this country's first abolitionists. And instead of waiting for things to happen, this guy put together a mini militia and was friends with Frederick Douglass, wanted Douglass to go with him, and wanted to basically free the slaves himself. He wanted to take over Weapons Depot and start little by little to letting these African-Americans who were enslaved say, rise up and follow me, and we'll take back, take the South, make it like the North. And he didn't get very far, but in that way, most of his men were killed. He would eventually be hanged. But people thought we were on the edge anyway with this Dred Scott decision or with the fugitive slave law, with the Kansas-Missouri Compromise. We are on the way to be a fractured nation anyway. And Brown let everyone know that this is coming. With the African-American experience, it has to end. The slavery has to stop. And if the rest of the world wasn't ready, America's got to live up to its constitution. Well, they said he was crazy, and uh, don't worry about him. He's a one-off. It wasn't. But they went after Douglas because Douglas was involved with John Brown, and they right. tried to arrest him. Douglas had to leave the country temporarily. But when, when, the, when, the, when the drums of war began and civil war looked inevitable and the seven states would leave after the Lincoln election, Douglas would come back, and he would lead the abolitionist movement in the North. And I, the, the, what I tried to do— Bernie is, let you know, like the push and pull of both men. You know, Abraham Lincoln was an incrementalist. He knew I can't free the slaves, get uh, put him in, uh, give them guns, put them in the army, um, you know, and actually have them fight alongside whites. America and the world wasn't at that place then. And Frederick Douglass was, why not? You know it's wrong. 
And he says, America's not ready. I would have no, to paraphrase, I would have no country to put back together if I did what you did. Now, they're, they're going at each other from afar, mostly Douglas through his newspaper at Lincoln because he saw Lincoln's potential. But when he was finally ready to make the move, when they finally would eventually meet, he would realize when he laid eyes on Lincoln, this was an honest guy who had a reason to take his time. And in 1863, we were ready. In 1860, we weren't. And then together, in their brief time, they would rally America and the North to this victory and help America become a more perfect union. And I, I do say this, and this is special on November 7th on Fox News, uh, if, if, uh, if Lincoln had survived the 1860s, I don't believe we would have needed a 1960s. You know, that's if you a- put Grant with Lincoln and Douglas, America would not have had the problems we have even today. That is such a great point. I mean, Andrew Johnson really just screwed it all up. Uh, yeah, the whole Reconstruction thing. I mean, yes, uh, uh, Abraham Lincoln was well-respected, and he was a noble guy in that regard. Uh, the book is The President and the Freedom Fighter by Brian Kilmeade. I'm telling you, folks, he weaves together these two stories of a- Abraham Lincoln and Frederick Douglass. And I guess my point about John Brown, uh, w- 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 and it, it relates to today's uh you know, today's news, critical race theory, as you point out, all white people are born racist. Well, John Brown was hardly that. He gave his life to end slavery. He gave it. He was so committed to ending slavery. And there were a lot of abolitionists like him Absolutely. at the time. Uh, and and, and to, to the story about Lincoln, which you write about, and I didn't realize that Lincoln's position before he became president was... He says he wanted to free the slaves, but he wanted to send them back to Liberia. And he did think that the blacks were inferior to whites. And it was Frederick Douglass who sort of persuaded him, uh, enlightened him, in, according to your book. You know, Bernie, 100 uh, percent, the foundation in which you understand both men is, is rare. And what I was what, you read some of these Lincoln quotes and you think to yourself, this sounds like Archie Bunker. But in his time, he was actually ahead of the time. And you, you got to look back and say, where are these people and what are the times in which they live? And you see this man evolve. He says, everybody should be free, but I don't think they should be equal. Everybody knows whites are smarter than blacks. Why? That's how we grew up. That's what was going on at the time. Why? Because African-Americans were not educated. And why? I think that they, they, white people knew if you educate everybody, we're all equal. Among the people, this, one of the smartest people on the planet ever, Benjamin Franklin, this guy was a slave owner. But the more he saw African-Americans in the classroom, the more he was exposed to children of all, uh, of all backgrounds and ethnic descent, he realized we're all equal. He became the mm-hmm. ultimate abolitionist in his lifetime. And what, what Lincoln said is this. Hey, guys, sorry about this. This slavery happened 200 years ago. Obviously, this is not working out. What do you think if I send you back? We give you some money. We say we colonization. We send you back to Central South America, wherever you want to go. But we are sorry about the slave trade. And Frederick Douglass is horrified. He's yeah. like, essentially, I'm an American. I'm born here. I know nothing about Africa. How dare you bring this up? <laughs> right. Lincoln was, but Lincoln was a person of his times. So if I read Colonization Lincoln, if I don't go into depth, I go, wow, he was, he's overrated. He was a racist. No. Take a second. Go a little deeper. And then also see that Lincoln's the guy that gave African-Americans guns and said, fight for your freedom. And 200,000 would sign up. And think about this moment. We finally take Richmond, and Lincoln says, put me on a barge, send me. I want to go to Jefferson Davis's house. And when he lands, he gets on shore, and with very little security, he makes eye contact with African-Americans. He sees blacks who are now free. And the emotion that he feels and that they show him and the, uh, and the admiration they have for him 
this this uh, Christ-like figure yeah. who did what he did, you see that the Lincoln who ran for president is not the Lincoln who was president in his time, in five years. Think about this. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, People you, an opportunity to open up their eyes, and they will. You lay it all out in the book beautifully, Brian Kilmeade. Again, the book, The President and the Freedom Fighter, right, that scene of him walking uh, in Richmond and uh, blacks dropping it to, to his feet, and he essentially says, no, no, please stand up or whatever it was. You know, we're equals. We're equals pretty much. Yeah, he def- definitely turned around big time. Uh, Abraham Lincoln, he obviously freed the slaves. Brian, I just want to ask you this question. Uh, the 1619 Project, again, revising history, you know better than anybody else. They use that whole uh, three-fifths of uh, that of free persons. Uh, they, they distort that. That was to uh, that was a compromise in the Constitution to uh, lessen the power of slave states. In other words, they wanted to include slaves as uh, one a whole person, which would have gave them more power. So the North said, "No, no, no. Uh, you know what we'll do? We'll make a compromise." We did. They didn't want to include the the, the slaves at all in the census, but they said, we'll compromise. We'll make them three-fifths of a person. So you had the uh, the, the writers of the Constitution knew that uh, the, the slaveholders wanted more power, and that was their way of taking away uh, some of the power from them. I, I think that was well put. I, I am don't ever think, and Bernie, no one should ever think you think, that we're going to soft-pedal the brutality of slavery. Nobody ever did. In fact, when we grew up, do you remember the series Roots? I yep. mean, do you see that? Do you think that soft-pedaling slavery— you think that, I mean, we never, ever ducked it in social studies or history class, the brutality and the inhumanity of it. But we didn't create it. What the 16 Project tries to do, and I never thought when I read it, I thought it would be one of these series that probably got awards among liberal, uh, liberal award givers, and that will be it. I had no idea they're looking to make it a curriculum, and they are. And three major premises uh, are, uh, number one, or should be knocked out, of, and they have since been forced to amend it. Number one. They say that uh, most of America's economic power is coming from the South from slave labor, and that just fueled our economic revival and made us players on the world stage. That just wasn't the case. All the manufacturing, all the banking was all in the North. The, the agricultural economy was a small portion of the American economy, although successful, and they thought they wanted to be on their own. Number two, we did not fight the Revolutionary War to keep slaves. And they point to the 1760 uh, Somerset Agreement in Britain. And they said Britain freed their slaves in 1760 when you when it looked like America wanted to free or was going to have to free their slaves. They fought a war. That's just not the case. They freed slaves in Europe. Fine. But not in our hemisphere. All their colonies kept slavery. There was nothing to do with this war. And two of these things are the premise of the 1619 Project to show you that America, uh, that America is based on racism and it's unchangeable. My goodness, if you look at the most important people in this country today, including a former president, our first secretary of state, uh, the most iconic uh, athletic figures, uh, you see America, as Shelby Steele would say, almost on an equal playing field. And if there's a racist among us, if it's hanging out in the lunchroom or we see him on a train or her in a train, they stand out because they're rare. Anything we can do to equal the playing field, let's do it. But let's not pretend that America is saying uh, whites only Everybody else, get behind, get to the back of the bus or the back of the line. That's not who we are today. Not at all. No, we've come a long, long way. And some liberals actually point that out. People like Bill Maher, who uh, digress from these, uh, you know, these crazies these days that want to revise the history. But I got to tell you, Brian Kilmeade, 
We're out of time. The President and the Freedom Fighter is such a compelling book. Uh, and you are such an impressive guy. They say that truth is stranger than fiction. I say nonfiction is so much more compelling than fiction. Yeah. I mean, why read fiction when you can read stuff like this that actually happened? The President and the Freedom Fighter by Brian Kilmeade. Uh, don't you agree, Brian? I mean, I don't read any yeah. uh, uh, fiction. I read all nonfiction. I know. Absolutely. I have, no, I have so little time. And I love reading, but I'm not going to read something that didn't happen. That's just not what turns me on. I think you feel the same <laughs> right, way. Right, exactly. Number two is, Bernie, I heard a rumor that we're going to be at Publicans at an event. Um, it's since the book review closed in Huntington, Long Island, I'm going to be at Publicans in Manhasset. There is a rumor that you're going to make a rare out uh, nighttime appearance yep. in Manhasset on Plandome Road. As a matter of fact, I believe it's a week from today. Uh, a week, uh, November, uh, November third, I believe it is. Uh, yes, indeed, Brian Kilmeade. I will. I, I'll be honored to do so. Uh, uh, listen, you are a great guy, and uh, keeping uh, American history alive, keeping it out there. Uh, uh, the president and the freedom fighter, ladies and gentlemen, go get it by Brian Kilmeade. Amazon, whatever you have to do, it is compelling. It's fun. If you're a reader, you're going to love it. If even if you're not, you're going to learn a lot. Brian Kilmeade, thank you so much. I'll see you next week. Uh, Go get him, Bernie. Thanks so much for the time and for the research. It is my pleasure. Brian Kilmeade on American Lives Matter, my podcast here. I am Bernard McGurk from the Bernie and Sid in the Morning Show on 77 WABC. Brian Kilmeade, what what an impressive individual this guy is. Again, like I said, indefatigable. I don't know how he does it, but he does it, and he knows his stuff. He just proved it right here. Uh, Bernard McGurk saying thank you for tuning into my podcast, American Lives Matter. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.